Hey, this is John Gunter at the Eagle Community Church of Christ in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We're so uh, glad that you have. You can check us out, eaglechurchofchrist.com. Get about anything you need to know there. We'd just like to invite you out to our church. Come, come anytime you're in the area. We'd love to have you. Today we talk about uh, Colossians chapter 2. I've kind of framed this up as a New Year's resolution type sermon. And the title I've given it is Stay Rooted. We should all see the importance of having, uh, just staying rooted in our faith and in Jesus. And so that's what we talk about today. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you soon. Well, good morning again. We'd like to uh, uh, thank you all for being here and worshiping with us, whether here in person or online. Uh, We are grateful uh, for your presence. Uh, just so you know kind of what's uh, in store today. Uh, in first service, as we began, before I got up here, Jordan said, you know, before John's awesome sermon. This service, he said, before John's sermon. So if that's any commentary on what has happened already today, uh, you're in for a treat. I have, I have three things uh, before we get into the lesson uh, this morning on Colossians 2 that I want to, uh, to mention to you. You heard uh, Robert pray about our building. And some of you may have seen uh, this week online on Facebook, uh, we are looking for a place. We're at least open to another place uh, to be able to worship if we can find a spot that has enough room for classes and things like that. That's what we're wanting, wanting to be able to offer some more things for our kids um, and adults as well. I, I miss Bible class. Anybody else? Like, It's been a while. Uh, and so um, we're just praying about that. We want you to be in prayer about it, too. If God wants us here, we will be here. We will worship God right here, and that is fine. Uh, but we are at least exploring because it, it seems like it's going to take a little longer to sell our building than what maybe we initially thought. Uh, so uh, be in prayer about that. Uh, number two, uh, I just wanted to mention that we're needing some more guys to sign up for communion and prayers and things like that. Uh, we had a sign up up here. We're not exactly sure where it went. Uh, somebody didn't want to pray so much, they just took off the, the, the sign-up sheet. I don't know. Uh, but uh, just be thinking about that, be praying about that. I know um, sometimes that can produce some anxiety for people, but we need some people to step up. It's uh, For the guys who set that up and get everyone uh, in position, it's difficult with two services if you don't have a lot. So uh, you don't want to ask the same person over and over week after week. Uh, so be thinking about that. And number three, I had a number three. Number three, next week, Jordan and I will, Jordan and I will co-preach. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have like a, a vision sermon, a vision Sunday. So uh, Jordan and I are both new, though he is the senior minister because he's been here a year now, he said. So uh, he's got me on that. And I said, well, when did you start? And he started like the day before me or the week before me. Or something. Yeah, it was the week before me. I said, well, you've got me in every, every way. I started online. Okay. Does that does online count? That's what we need to know. Yeah, I got you. That's right. Either way, he's got it. Um, so uh, we want to uh, want to be thinking about that. So Vision Sunday next week, um, I'm going to talk about kind of who I am and what you've seen and my plans for this church and what I you know how I want to accomplish that. Jordan's going to come up. He's going to talk about from his perspective uh, dealing with teens and and kind of how he sees that, his vision going forward as well. And so that will be, uh, that will be next week. This week we're talking uh, from Colossians 2. 
And I want to approach this text as a kind of New Year's resolution type of focus. Anybody make resolutions this year? Like you're planning on doing something. No. Nobody? <laughs> All right, one? Eh, yeah, I get it. No, I get it. See, I thought, I thought first service, who had like, you know, a third of what we've got right now, I thought they were just being a little bashful, they were, but there were at least four hands in that service. My gracious. We've got the, uh, well, non-committal is what we've got in this group. Uh, and I didn't want you to go, you know, you don't make today. You don't make it. just, hey, live for today, right? That's right. I'm, I'm all for that, too. Uh, well, this sermon may not make any sense. We're going to offer an invitation at this time. Uh, <laughs> y'all just get right with the Lord right now, and we'll just go on. Um, but that's the way I want to approach this anyway. Uh, assume for a minute you are people who make commitments and resolutions. How about that? Uh, that's how we're going to look at this. So uh, to me, you know, th- this is a time, whether or not you make a, a concrete resolution or not, the first of the year is a time where you can kind of clean off the slate, right? You kind of look backward and, and what happened in the past year, and hopefully there are some really good things. Of course, there uh, most of life, there are some things you are glad that are in the past, right? And so we, we see this part of the year as a time to, all right, look forward what are my hopes? What are my dreams? What are my goals? Not for any of you people, but what are my goals for this coming year? Uh, and even even when you talk about you know starting a new program at church, uh, something big that you're going to do, they say either start it the first of the year or when school starts, because that's when people kind of settle into uh, their new routine. Of course, we know summer's just chaotic, and we never know who's where in the country uh, or here. Uh, so that's why I want to look at, at this text. Paul, when he writes to the Colossians, he is writing from prison. It's one of those prison letters. I gave you an acronym back when we went over Philippians uh, to help you remember which are the prison letters. Do you remember what that acronym is? Thank you. I had a teenager remember that in the first service. Thank you, Cody. Pepsi. You remember that? P-E-P-C, Pepsi. So Colossians is one of those prison letters. And so Paul writes to these uh, these Christians, and first he, he starts off the letter by saying how thankful he is to hear about them, that they have been taught the gospel, and that what, what is coming from that is they are bearing fruit. And so he is thankful for these people and their faith in Jesus Christ. He also talks about the hardship he's going through, of course, being in prison. Uh, but then he begins chapter 2, verse 6, this way. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Do you, do you kind of see the, the looking back and looking forward? Just as you received Christ Jesus, you've done that in the past, but now there's a, a continuation. Now as we look forward, continue to live your lives in him. And that's important. Because as many things as we do as a church, as many uh, like big ideas we have, as many evangelism pushes or big programs or whatever the case may be that we try to do, one of the most important things we do as a church is to simply encourage one another to stay in Christ, to continue walking down the path when so many things try to knock us off the path. Anybody feel like, yeah, I've been knocked around this past year? 
Yeah. That's part of life, right? And so an encouraging word from someone is very powerful. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith that you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That thankfulness that we have is, is the reason, it's the why, when we ask, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why do I have faith at all? And it is when we become thankful, when we remember what all God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ, that answers that question. This is why I am thankful this morning. The psalmist says it this way in uh, Psalm 136, 1 through 11. See if you notice a pattern here. (laughs) Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. What do you think the psalmist wants us to know? His love endures forever. Some of you need to, that reminder. Because when you when we talk about the last year, and some of you said, yeah, I've been knocked around, I've been beaten up. Sometimes all we need is that reminder, that encouragement, hey, walk the path and remember that God's love endures forever. In the last, uh, last couple of months, we've talked about how much God loves us, how much he pursues us, how much he wants to dwell with us to make that relationship right between us. And, and through that, we understand that God's love endures even in those times where our lives are chaotic. Maybe you feel like, well, maybe you know I have walked away from God. Yet what we read in Scripture is, yeah, a lot of people have, and he's still standing there waiting because his love endures forever. Now, if you got tired of me saying that, this goes on for 26 verses. It ends this way. He remembered us in our, in our lowest state. His love endures forever and freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven His love endures forever. God is over all. He is able to sustain all with his power, and his love endures forever. And for that, we can continue with thankfulness, can't we, church? But it is in those times where it is chaotic and we can't think straight that maybe we need just a moment of stillness, a moment of encouragement where someone says, remember to be thankful. Because in those moments, I can think back in my life and remember what God has done for me. I can remember in those times where uh, it was all crazy. But I remember what God has done for me. A year ago, uh, for me, well, Jordan was starting this job, apparently. I was not. I was in the midst of some crazy stuff uh, at our, our previous church. And I just, just got to the point where, like, I don't know, I may need to move on. We may need a fresh start. And the thing is, we didn't want that necessarily. We liked where we were. Uh, We enjoyed it until uh, everything that happened that happened. But I didn't foresee, I didn't even desire moving on or going to a different place. But then, you know, it's all scary. And plus, you have to pack boxes. Y'all ever done that before? That's horrible. 
don't recommend it. But even in those moments where, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pack up. I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to have the, the Texas flag on my license. <laughs> Just one note about that. Pledge allegiance to the Texas flag too. I mean, what are y'all doing here? Arkansas, we didn't do that. Okay. I don't know. Some of you, I had somebody after first service say, you know, I was going, we didn't do that. I don't know when that started, but they're doing it now. Um, I got to pray for the, uh, the school board meeting one night and that was the first thing that happened. And then everybody stood and pledged the Texas flag. And I just had to just kind of, uh, I don't, I don't know what to say here, but that aside, even though I didn't want to, to necessarily do that or didn't think I did. My faith in God, my thankfulness to him for all he's done previously in my life allows me in that moment to understand that God has got this. And sometimes that's the only reminder we need, right? Like I've tried to fix it. I'm trying to do all this stuff and it's still going chaotic. I don't know what to do. I just need to remind myself, hey, God has got this. And so in that moment, I can be thankful. What I want you to notice is there in verse six, he says, after he says, so then you have, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Now that's important. Because as you go along life's way, things are going to come, aren't they? The question is, as you look forward to this new year, as you look forward to what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, what, what happens this year, maybe I've got already some anxieties about some things coming up. Where are you rooted? Where are you rooted in your life? Are you rooted in something that's going to drive you away from Jesus? Or are you rooted in your faith that comes from Jesus? Understanding what he did for you and why I'm here. So as a church, we have to think about everything I'm doing, everything we try to accomplish here. Is it rooted in Jesus Christ? Or is it rooted in my desires? Is it rooted in uh, that money I want to make? Uh, anything I can do to, to make that happen instead of anything I can do to be closer to God? I want to be rooted in him. Uh, and it says, uh, and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, to continually be strengthened. That you don't have to walk around here uh, just feeling like it's all going to go away at any moment, that you can continue to be thankful, to look back at what God has done for you and be thankful and be strengthened and encouraged because of that root, because of that foundation. Uh, Matthew says it this way, and I cannot read it on the back. Uh, I will go with the white text next time, uh, not the red. Jesus says it this way, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Everybody's cringing, thinking I'm going to go the whole way, aren't you? We sing that song to remind ourselves where our foundation, where our roots should be, right? And notice when Jesus says this, he doesn't say build a good foundation and the rains will go around you, does he? 
That's kind of a health and wealth type of, of thinking about the gospel, which, by the way, doesn't exist here. Jesus said the rains are coming either way. The storms of life are coming. The Bible is, is very clear about this, about perseverance, endurance. Things are coming. You've lived long enough to see them, haven't you? The rains are coming either way. Where is your foundation built? Is it on something like sand that is soft and easily washed away, or is it built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, which is not moved? Where are your roots today? In verse 8, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Now, this is kind of confusing. We're not exactly sure what Paul is talking about here. Some people think uh, that, that these people were trying to, uh, like, worship angels and things like that. So it was, yeah, yay, Jesus, but also, hey, angels are pretty cool. Let's worship them. Uh, but there's another thought that maybe Paul is just giving, like, a general warning. Just look out when things kind of, you know, lead you away from Jesus Christ. That no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. And that word there, philosophy, is just kind of a, a love of wisdom. Like, I'm just going to lift up that I know or I believe I know so much. Then I'm going to follow that and put my, my faith in that and just kind of lift myself over you guys because I know more. And so maybe, that, maybe that's what he's doing there. But again, the point is uh, you're focusing on something else other than Jesus. And no matter what you have planned for this upcoming year, make sure your foundation, make sure your roots, make sure your focus is right here on Jesus Christ. It says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. There's a lot of power in that statement, y'all. A lot of power in that statement. Now, verse 9 is where uh, we kind of think, okay, He's having to tell them right after verse 8 that Jesus is the fullness of deity. So can you see how people would think, well, they're worshiping angels or something? Like there's something else they've added in here. But he says, in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. Jesus will say, if you've seen the Father, you have seen me. Or if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Backwards, right? So he's saying, this is full, full deity here in bodily form as Jesus came uh, to earth. It says, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Jesus is all you need. Jesus is greater than any fear. Jesus is greater than any trouble you're facing right now. And when these words hit these people, uh, you know, they were under Roman rule. Uh, the, the culture was such that it was not friendly to these people. Even, even the Jews were turning against them. Remember this? They would turn them over to the Romans and say, hey, uh, you know, we have some religious liberties, but they are not us. And so from every direction, these people were facing persecution. And, and what he's saying here is, listen, Jesus is more powerful. He is head over every authority. So again, keep your focus, keep your faith in him, not these other things which are fleeting and won't last and may wash away. Verse 11 says this, In him you were also circumcised with circumcision, not performed by human hands. Your whole self is ruled, uh, your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having buried with him, been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith and the working of God who raised him 
from the dead. Again, a reminder of what Christians are about. He says, if you, if you have put on Jesus in baptism, what has been performed in you is kind of a spiritual circumcision. This is nothing physical. This is a spiritual circumcision where you have put off, God has helped you throw away this old self. And Paul will talk about the new man, the new self. But because of what God has done in you through that baptism and resurrection that uh, buried and raised through the waters of baptism, that now you experience this because that has been cast off because of what Jesus did for you, and which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God. Who does the work in baptism? Who is it? God does, yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, we've had conversations about that my whole life. Well, that's a work. Well, no, that's like the most submissive thing you can do is be baptized. You're not doing anything except walking up the stairs to get into the tub. By the way, we're going to have a baptism after this in the swimming pool. Everybody come. Y'all going to show up? It's cold. We'll find, we'll, find a, we'll find a warm place if you want to start that relationship with Jesus today. But if you have been baptized with him, you have also been raised with him. And it says, uh, it is the working of God who raised him from the dead, that even death cannot defeat what God has planned. So think about that. Think about that when you face those problems that seem like they're not going to go away, like there's no way I can overcome that. But because of my faith, because of I, I know who God is, that I will come through that. That he will bring about good through even circumstances that I didn't want or I don't like. Verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Remember, this goes back to last week when we talked about uh, Jesus, or Paul says, you know, when you were powerless, when you were still in your sin, that is when Jesus came to die for you. That's when God sent his son it wasn't when you got all your act together. It wasn't when you became perfect and then came to him, was it? Scripture is very clear about this. We foolishly say, hey, I've got some things I've got to work on before I become a Christian. And Scripture's telling you the opposite of that. We're trying to clean up and come to God, and God says, no, you come to me and I'll make you clean. Let me do the working within you. And that's what he's saying here. That God made you alive in Christ. He forgave all of our sin. Amen? Amen. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Because the powers and authorities thought the cross meant they won. But God said, it ain't over yet. The rest of the story, however you like to remember that. Here's the rest of the story. I've got a few things I want you to uh, think about as we begin this new year together. As we continue our focus on our faith in Jesus, on what God has done for us. Number one, I want you to write out your spiritual goals for 2022. Don't do this in your mind. I know you guys aren't resolution people, apparently. Get a pencil. You, you can get a pencil. You can erase it, change. But... 
Set out your spiritual goals for 2022. Before you do that, I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray and ask God, what does God have in store for you this, this year? What can God do in your life that you don't even think you're capable of? Because I'll tell you from my own personal story, preaching up here without notes or without hiding behind something in my past would have been absolutely terrorizing. I used to, uh, we used to at our church where I grew up, all the men when we were going to serve on communion would come down front uh, as service started. Anybody else do that? And so we were going to serve. And, and even when I wasn't going to say a prayer, I, you know, all I had to do was hand stuff out. I would sit on that front front pew and I knew it was getting close and I would hold my hand out. And my hand would just be, I mean, just uncontrollably just doing this. I wouldn't, if I would have written something like this out, I probably wouldn't desire to go and preach because I didn't think that was possible. Because again, I'm focusing on what, what I think John can do. But when you approach something like this, your spiritual goals, I want you to pray and ask God, what can he do within you? And then, then write some things out. Ask God to challenge you and challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to things that you don't believe possible. Because again, God can use you in ways maybe you don't think that it could happen. You don't think you have the talent, the ability, whatever the case may be. Do that. Challenge yourself and ask God uh, to reveal that to you. Number three, pray over the list. Yes, pray again. Uh, pray over the list that, that God is with you, that God, I, I think you want this for my life. Help me to accomplish it. This is not just about our willpower. This is not just about I desire and what John wants. Because if all I do is what I want to do, I don't know, y'all. I don't, I don't know about that one. Like I need God's power, God's strength to do some things. Don't you? Like there are days that just aren't as good as others, right? So pray again after you have this on, on uh, written down, pray again over this, that God will empower you to do these things. Uh, and even pray for things. God, I don't, even, I don't even think I could do this, but if you can use me in this way, I want that. And number four, I want you to show the list to someone who loves you and will help you along the way. Accountability. Anybody ever been on a weight loss plan before? By yourself? <laughs> I mean, that, that's why we have Weight Watchers and uh, was Jenny Craig. I don't know what else is out there nowadays. Uh, but that's why we have those things, because we can get groups of people together that we can kind of draw strength from each other, right? And that's the same thing with church. We come together. You know, Jesus didn't die and say, hey, just go your own separate ways and, and just be individual churches wherever you go. No, in Scripture, it's, it's come together, encourage one another, persevere together. You know, share all these all, uh, one another passages that you confess to one another. We have to do that in community. Do this in community as well. Share this with someone who loves you, who cares for you, and will help keep you accountable this year. And hey, maybe you share a struggle with them. Do it with someone you love. You don't have to share it with just anybody. Share it with someone you love who can ask you about it and say, hey, how's that going? Share it with someone who you know is going to pray for you and encourage you to keep your roots in Jesus Christ when all the things that may happen this year happen. Right. One other thing we're going to do, um, you may have seen, if those of you are on Facebook, uh, Tamar uh, posted this, uh, that uh, she and Ben are going to go through this app called Read Scripture. 
and I'm going to go through that too. And I want to encourage you all to do the same. You got it started. It's really good stuff. Um, if you're familiar with the Bible Project, uh, Tim Mackey does a wonderful job. I, I've listened to, I guess, all of his back sermons for uh, when he preached in, I think it was Seattle. Uh, just an excellent teacher. Francis Chan is on this app and everything. Here's another, another view of it. Uh, but this takes you day by day. You get to watch a video, kind of an overview. They kind of direct you through Scripture, and you have some teaching and stuff in there. I just want to encourage us as a church that if, if we're, we're saying, hey, I haven't grown closer to God this year, like what, what effort have you put out to help that relationship? You know, or are we just kind of going on our own way, just kind of, man, I don't know enough about the Bible. Well, have you read it? Well, no, I don't really. We're going to read Scripture together. And I hope that you'll participate in this. Again, read scripture is the app. But I just want to encourage us this morning as a church that whatever hopes and dreams you have about yourself or have about this church, that we want to firmly stay rooted in the foundation that is Jesus Christ. And that if we do that as a church, if we do that as individuals in our own lives, God's going to do some amazing things here, isn't he? And so I pray that our focus is there, that we always remain thankful what God has done, that we do count our blessings as they come, that we're able on a day like today, thank God that we go back into houses that have some level of heat, right? That when you take that shower later on today or tonight or whenever you take a shower, that it's not as cold as it is outside. I think it took 10 minutes for mine to warm up this morning. I thought, my goodness, I couldn't stand this. What a blessing it is to have all the things that we experience that we enjoy in our lives. And so we become thankful. If we remember to be thankful, we will remember to stay rooted, to be encouraged because of what God has done. And again, what scripture has told you today, that God is the power over all authority, over everything that you're going to face in your life. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you to that. If we can stay focused, God's going to do some amazing things. And so if you need to make that relationship right this morning, do that. Begin this new year on the right path with God, staying on the path, drawing closer to him everywhere we go. If you need to begin that walk with him, I promise we won't do it in a swimming pool if you want to be baptized today. But begin that walk. Make your relationship right because God is open arms ready for you to come. We'd offer an invitation right now. Would you come as we stand and sing?